What's good, everybody? Man, it's your boy, B-Von. Welcome to another We Create Music TV interview segment. And tonight, oh my goodness, I'm looking forward to this conversation with my man, recording artist, music entrepreneur, educator. Man, this guy has so many titles and so many things that he's, he's doing, but I want to welcome to the show, Mugs A Million. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What's going on, man? What's good? What's Appreciate good? Appreciate it, man. Thank y'all for having me, man. Yes, Thank sir. Yes, sir. Me. Man, I'm glad you're here. Man, I'm glad you're here. Like, yes, I've heard a lot about you. I know we never met, you know, face to face, but we got a couple of yeah. homies in common. And um, yes, man, sir. let's just let's just dive right into it, man. So, how'd you let's get started? Go. Walk us through your musical journey. How you got started? Kind of where you are today. Um, so, man, my musical journey started when I was a kid, man, probably about age seven or eight, um, about seven or eight years old, man. My mom's husband at the time uh, was in a cover band back in the early, um, in the late 90s um, or early, early, early 90s, really, though, late 80s. You know what I mean? Like I said, I was about seven or eight. Um, and he was a part of a cover band that would go around performing, you know, the... Um, MC Hammer, Can't Touch This, and different songs like that, man. So when MC Hammer, Can't Touch This was popular, uh, they needed background dancers to kind of put the whole MC Hammer and them theme together and stuff like that. So they brought myself, my younger brother, and two girls from the neighborhood on board with them to be their background dancers. And so that's kind of just how I got my start, you know, with just mm -hmm. entertaining and just being a part of the music industry, period. Uh, from there, it kind of grew to my brother, a couple of my cousins, man, we formed a little group called Cuz, C-U-Z. And we would do like a lot of family reunion performances and birthday performances for, you know, the family and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It kind of grew to us, you know, wanting to start doing our own music and doing original songs because, you know, back then we were doing kind of cover band stuff too. We were performing Boys to Men hey. and BVD and stuff like that at the family mm -hmm. reunions. Yeah, man, and stuff like that. Um, and then I think I was maybe maybe around 12, maybe 11 or 12, um, back when Belleville DeVoe was pretty popular. Mm -hmm. And I can remember us used to always sing along to the Poison song. Right. And it was like one of yeah. our big jams, man, Poison, because, you know, BBD was one of the first R&B kind of groups that really put R&B and rapping together kind of mm -hmm. on the map, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we really, you know, kind of start growing out of the singing thing and want to cross over more into wanting to actually rap and stuff like that. Okay. So with the whole Poison thing, um, an older cousin of mine, man, this is back when, you know, when tapes and stuff were real popular. So you had on the A side of it would be the single and then on the other side of it would be the instrumental. So when he told us about the instrumental being on the other side, that kind of introduced me and my cousins at the time to actually writing music and like basically taking their lyrics and turning them into some of our own words and making it connect with us and our lifestyle, mm. switching their names out and stuff to our names. Um, and that's what kind of started me on the journey of just writing lyrics. Okay. And then again, you know, you took it from us recreating other people's songs to starting to write and record our own original music, man. We actually used to record on a tape player yeah um, we yeah. would take yeah man we would take an instrumental beat on one side of the tape deck and on the other side of the tape deck oh, yeah. the tape in 
Yes. yes, sir. And we could plug hey. in. We found out that you could plug headphones, headphones. into yes. the portion where it say mic at. You could plug headphones into the portion where it say mic. So, you know, at the time, we didn't have an actual microphone, but we was like, mm -hmm. okay. And we made it work, man. So we plugged the headphones in and we actually could record our vocals on top of the instrumental that was playing. And we just started like dubbing tapes and start dubbing ourselves on top of music. Mm -hmm. um, this was maybe, you know, early teenage years, you know, 12, 13 years old. Um, and then from there, when it really became, you know, began to progress for me, um, I believe was more so when I got to like middle school and mm -hmm. high school, um, my freshman year in high school, when I would do like a lot of freestyle battling and stuff like that um, before pep rallies and things of that nature, man. And I kind of started getting a name for myself, you know, um, I remember doing a freestyle back at the time. This was my name. Well, really, I didn't even have an official stage name. I went through several stage names mm -hmm. when I was younger. Uh, you know, I was Frosty the Hitman at one time. <laughs> like, like right. I was like I had the original. Like, no lie, I had the original Snowman. You know, toting the gun with the blunt in his oh, mouth, yeah. and the teeth and stuff. Though, you know, this was way before Young Jeezy and anything. <laughs> Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. way back. Uh, but I ended up going with the name Mug. Um, this was M-U-G. Um, because a guy actually, a high school uh, peer of mine, man, he saw me doing my freestyle thing, and he was like, you know, man, your name should be Mean Mug. Because actually at the time, I was wearing glasses. Like right now, I still I wear contacts. But I was wearing glasses. Um, prior to my freshman year in high school. And we got into a little altercation with some guys at one point in time and lost my glasses in the shuffle or whatnot. And so, you know, it took me a while before we got another, I got another pair of glasses. But during that stretch, I would be squinting a whole like, lot, you know, trying to really, yeah, just kind of like, trying to see stuff. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you know yeah. how it is when you ain't got those look, glasses look, on. Look. We can't Trust see me, nothing, bro. Like, exactly, that's what I'm saying. Right. We can't see nothing without them frames on. And so people thought I was walking around with this mean mug on my face. Mm -hmm. But really, I was squinting, trying to see, you know, <laughs> just trying to see stuff, you know what I mean? But they thought I was just really this mean guy and just always walking around you with mean mug on my face. Right. Yeah. So dude was like, man, your name should be mean mug. And so I didn't really just like the whole adjective of mean. You know, mm -hmm. I'm like, well, I'm not a mean person like that. So I don't really just want to put that on my name. But I like the mug thing, though. You mm -hmm. know, mug, that, that could be cool. I could do something with that. Uh, so I would start all my freestyles out with using M-U-G. You know, I would say the M, that's for money that I got in my pocket. The U, that's for unique. So they can't say I copy. The G, that's for gangster because I'm gangster five, three letters that describe me until the day that I die. And then hey. I would come off the top of my head oh, from yeah. there. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Then I would come off the top of my head from there. So at that same time, I was branding my name. And right. people started being aware that, right. okay, this dude's name is Mug. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so probably my at the end of my freshman year, um, I ended up hooking up with a couple of guys from my neighborhood as, as well, though. The neighborhood I was living in at the time, Haynes Garden Apartments uh, here in Nashville, a good friend of mine, man, my best friend, rest in peace to uh, Lil Women, man, Sammy Kennard Jr. Me and him would freestyle battle 
and rap against each other competitively in the neighborhood. But while I was in school, this is a crazy story too, because while I was in school, I was doing the same thing, kind of rapping and competing with a guy by the name of Lil Vic. Well, Lil Vic and Lil Sammy, they were actually co-members in a group already at the time that was kind of like on his tail end and they were about to be going their separate ways or whatnot. Um, but you know, everybody they still was with friends and remained cool and everything. So at the time of me and me and Lil Sammy connecting though, um, and me and Lil Vic connecting in school, in school I was going by the name Lee, you know, my real name, mm-hmm. Lee. That's what the teachers and stuff in school called me. But in the neighborhood, they was calling me Moog. So right. it was so funny because they was arranging this meeting for both of them to introduce me to the to one another. Mm. So Sammy was telling Vic about this dude named Mug, and Vic was telling Sammy about this dude named <laughs> Lee. Lee. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we got to the meeting, and it's just me. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, oh man, that's Mug, and he's like, no, nah, that's Lee. You know what I'm saying? So it's like oh, they both was talking to each other about trying to hook me up with them. You know, and bringing me to the table, mm-hmm. and us three forming a group. Um, and so that's what ended up happening. Us three ended up coming together. And we formed a group called Cash Villionaires. Mm. Um, the Cash name Vill. came about from our Cash Villionaires, man. Yes, sir. Yeah. So the name came about from our first recording session that we did together. Uh, shout out to Big E.T. and Ray Ball, man. Some Nashville legends, man. Producers and executives here. They had a record label back in the day called Do It Yourself Records. Um, mm. E.T. had put us in the studio. Ray Ball made a track for us. And... Um, I kind of wrote this hook at the time, man. And the hook was like, 615 is our residence. Stacking cheese because we all about them presidents. Get in, get out. That's the rules when you enter this. So put your trust off in your strap because ain't no friends in this. Cash visionaries. And I just yelled that. I yelled that out. And I was like, man, after we heard the song recorded and didn't just have an official name of who we was and what we was going to be representing, mm-hmm. I was like, man, that need to be the name of our group. The cash billionaires. Um, and so we ran with that, you know. And um, us three, along with my little brother, uh, you know, we started formulating songs and meeting every week, you know, having different little songwriting mm-hmm. nights and things of that nature. Um, and it, and it, it was around my junior year, I believe, in high school um, in 1999, man. I got it on tape, on it's on VHS tape. We rocked the talent show at Hunters Lane High School mm. here in Nashville, man. And I mean, the, the support and the re- reaction from it just was like through the roof. Oh. Um, and so from that, yeah, so from that moment, I knew then, you know, personally, like, okay, this is something I really want to lock in on doing really for the rest of my life. You know, like I knew then, man, like people really, you know, really liked me doing music. You know, these were people, some of them knew us, some of them didn't know us, but, like, they showed us so much love, man, and respect behind what we was doing at the time, just being as young as we was. So, you know, it was just like, man, uh, yeah, this is what we're going to be doing. So from there, stuff kind of gradually, you know, graduated for me after I graduated from high school. But really, my senior year of high school, we put out our first actual EP and project mm. um, under the group Wooty Woo. So Cash Billionaires, we kind of graduated from being just a rap group to being more of like a coalition 
of us though, man. We connected to a couple of other my uh, other partners of mine, um, Lil Melvin, Tony Roney, man, rest in peace to Tony Roney. Um, we kind of connected with them. You know, they mm. were kind of the you know street guys, man. They were doing their thing um, in the streets in, in the North Nashville area and stuff like that. And so we kind of all came together as this big conglomerate called Wooty Woo. Something we kind of, you know, it was started off with just a little sand that we just played around with, man. And it kind of grew to a real movement. Mm. Um, we all ended up getting it tatted on our arms. And the Wooty Woo, I actually put a definition behind it. And it ended up standing for We Owe Us, the world owes us too. It was spelled W-O-U-2-W-O-U. And so, oh, okay. yeah, the time of... Yeah, at the time I was out going to go get it tattooed on our arms, man, I was like, you know, I was like 16 or 17. So mm. I was like, man, my mom, she's going to be high. She's going to be high. You know, I was doing what I was doing for my, mm. my homies, man, my brothers at the time. And so, but my, my main thing was like, yo, if we're going to do this, it's got to mean something. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's got to really stand for something. Um, and so, like I said, we went with, we ran, you know, ran with the We Owe Us, World Owe Us Too. Which now that's my name of my nonprofit organization, man. That I re recently formed oh, okay. man, the We Are West Foundation. Yeah, man, because um, that's dope. you know, the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and we'll get into that, you know, a little later on in the conversation as well, man. But so again, the transition for me from just doing this like a family thing, with my brother and my cousins, man. One of my cousins also that I was doing it with when I was younger, um, the White Bond Junior, man. My cousin BP, rest in peace to him too. Um, so what we was doing as cousins and just on some fun stuff, you know, kind of gave me the energy and gave me that positive, um, belief in myself, so to speak, you know, because, you know, we was always getting applause and always getting, you know, big ups from the family for how good we was with the music. But when it transpired to me doing it in front of my peers, and people that I went to school with and things of that nature, man, it just really built up my confidence and took oh. it up to a whole nother level for me. Uh, so after the group thing with Wooty Woo, you know, we had a few people got incarcerated and, you know, like I said, rest in peace to little, little women, man. He ended up getting killed. Mm. Um, things just kind of went in a different direction right. for me. Um, and I ended up kind of on a solo mission uh, for a little minute. And so my name then kind of grew from being just mug i took it to being another acronym again you know i was already kind of playing with mug standing for something when i used to do the freestyle but mm -hmm. then i actually grew and transitioned it into a real deal acronym which stood for money united with game mm -hmm. um, so then my you know so my stage name went from being just mug to actual mug i started putting the dots in there and it actually right. stood for something you know um and so once I got on this solo journey a little bit, man, you know, because the, and the solo thing also kind of came about just because it was something that people was requesting, you know, people in the oh, city bro. of Nashville, yeah, wanted to hear me, you mm -hmm. know, it's like I always had been a part of groups and a part of, you know, group-like situations, but for some reason to people, I always stood out and people oh, okay. always just requested and would say, hey, man, we want to hear you. You know, so I was like, hmm, okay. Mm. Let me get the people what they want. You know, so at, at, at that time, um, I had just connected with one of my cousins by the name of Shorty C. He had just moved here uh, by way of Cleveland, but he had moved here from Texas. And so 
Shorty C was doing his own thing at the music prior to moving to Nashville. And so by the time he moved here, um, I was, like I said, fresh off of us separating from the Wooty Woo stuff and just, you know, kind of trying to figure stuff out on my own as a solo artist. And so I created a brand new label and situation under the name of V and their status records. Ah. And so when I created V and their status records, because I wanted to kind of still keep stuff tied to the brand that people knew mm -hmm. me from. So I didn't want to veer too far away from the cash billionaire stuff and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. So I took from cash billionaires, the billionaire part of it and was like, boom, billionaire status. You know, like everybody was talking about being millionaires and things of that nature, right. you know, at the time, it was like, well, I'm a billionaire, you know, mm. I'm, I'm from Nashville, you know, my family's heritage is from Brownsville, Tennessee. Okay. Uh, so I was born in a ville and come from the ville regardless, but then the billionaire part of it just kind of became to me more like being a visionary, mm. you know, being a visionary and letting your vision accumulate wealth for you over time you know because that's you know the bible Stop. talks on your gift making wrong from you mm -hmm. writing your vision and making it plain, plain. Yep. you know so it all starts with your yeah it all starts with your vision anyway uh so anyhow man like i said me and shorty c hooked up around 2003 um and we went on a nice run man we went on a real nice run as billionaire status uh i probably put out about three to four i think four four solo projects Shorty C put out a couple of solo projects. We did a lot of compilation projects. Wow. Um, yeah, we, we did a nice little run, man. We did some mm -hmm. DJ projects with my guy, DJ Dave, um, Mr. Get With It. DJ Dave was originally from Indianapolis. He ended up moving to Atlanta. And so we okay. started this whole Indiana to A-Town kind of movement, man, because Nashville was like that pit stop mm -hmm. from the travel, uh, us driving from, from Atlanta up to Indianapolis and vice versa. You know, so Nashville always became that little pit stop right there for them. So we had this Indiana to A-Town kind of movement uh, that was going on that we was real heavy with under the Villainous Status movement as well. Um, I did a project with DJ Smalls back in 2008, and, and that brought me some national attention as well, man. Uh, it was a pretty big mixtape with DJ Smalls, Mr. Southern Smoke. We did a, a part two to my Money United with Game mixtape series. Uh, with the standing ovation mixtape and we had some a lot of good success with that man traveled a lot um did a lot of shows in and out of town kentucky indianapolis um all the way up to milwaukee you know just just, just, just moved around a whole lot um during that time frame in my career and then from there it was almost like i kind of reached this ceiling uh, because right after me putting out that project i won like three Nashville Industry Music Awards that year. Um, I won a Hip Hop in the Ville Award. Like so, like you know, I, I kind of like dope. reached this this peak. Yeah, man, my song. I had a couple of singles on the radio. I put, um, created a single with my homeboy here, uh, producer by the name of Play That Beat Wee Wee. We had a nice single that was called It's You Again. Mm. That I was having some real success with and nice little buzz with here, you know, kind of locally in the town and. Like I said, man, Nashville not being the Nashville that it is today, you know, mm -hmm. at that time, man, it just I, I reached this ceiling. You know, I reached this ceiling point in my career and it was like, man, what can I do next to get to that next level? 
Right. Um, so I kind of took a pause from being a rapper, and I went to school at National mm-hmm. State, and I went and got a degree in the music industry. Uh, I got my got my degree in music technology, and I took classes in songwriting. I took classes in the business of music, music publishing, and that's when the light bulb really went off for me mm-hmm. as far as my career in the music industry and the direction that I was going to be going in moving forward. Um, because with me learning the things I learned about songwriting and about how music publishing works, it opened my mind up to realize that I didn't have to settle for being just an artist. And I didn't have to settle for my music only being my music. You know, you can get in the door as a songwriter or you can get your songs placed in television shows and films and stuff like that. And you can make money from that stuff without even having to have a record deal, without the song even having to be distributed or, or any of that kind of That's thing. Right. You know, like it was real money out there to be made in different kind of ways. So after I graduated from college, I moved to Atlanta. Oh, okay. And when I moved to Atlanta, Yes, sir. Yeah. So when I moved to Atlanta in 2010, one of the first opportunities I had was to get into the studio with a producer by the name of Cedell Young, another one of my homeboys that was from Indianapolis as well, that was a producer. And he had a production deal with DJ Toomp at the time, man, in Grand Hustle. And so he had some, yeah, exactly, man. So he had some good resources and connections. So one of the first, the first song that I recorded when I moved to Atlanta was a song I did with Cedar Young. And it was a record called Through the Roof. Um, And so you fast forward. Yes, sir. So you fast forward after me and Cedar did the Through the Roof record. And my life really, like, really changed then man because he hit me up and was like yo i want to take your verse off of that song and i want to just shop the beat around with your hook on it and good thing for me i had just learned about how songwriting works how publishing works that's right you know and i'm like okay cool let's do that then you know what i'm Mm -hmm. saying because the person that you may send this song to could be in a better position than I am, and they can really end up doing something with the song. Mm-hmm. And that's what ended up happening. An artist that um, Grand Hustle, one of Grand Hustle's A&Rs, he was managing this cat by the name of Chris Webby. Oh, yeah. And that was one of the artists, yeah, that was one of the artists that said that Young was shopping beats around to. So out of all the tracks that he picked out, he picked out about two or three different tracks. One of them ended up being the track that had my through the roof hook on it. And he wanted to actually keep the hook and everything. Like they loved how the whole song just kind of went. You know, mm-hmm. it just was a, a ready made song. And uh, yeah, man, you fast forward from him picking out the song and using the song. And you look up, man, a year later, the album came out and it debuted number one on the Billboard Heat Seekers charts, man. And so from out of nowhere, me just, you know, moving to Atlanta, co-writing and collaborating with a producer that was in a position to get his beats to bigger name artists and artists that were in bigger positions. And it, and it led to me, you know, being a part of an album, man, that went number one on Billboard, man. It earned me my first number one Billboard play hey. as a songwriter. Hey. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's dope, brother. 
big us, man. God is good, man. God is good. Oh, man. yeah, for I'm sure. Real. And so, and so moments like that really changed my point of view and again, mm-hmm. in my direction in my career as an artist, man, because also, so during that time frame of me doing that, I was interning at a recording studio. I was intern. I had an internship at Icon Studios down there. Oh, okay. Line. Yeah. And yes, sir. And so, um, through me having that internship, you know, I was right there face to face meeting a lot of the big boy artists. You know, I'm right there in the studio with Jazzy Faye, with Young Jeezy, Akon, mm-hmm. um, Young Jock. You know, there's, there's a lot of people, up and coming artists that we didn't even know who they were at the time, but they were signed to Def Jam, signed to Universal. You know, like mm-hmm. this was on the on the log sheet of the people that I'm having to sign in and take to their studio. You know, you may see on the log mm-hmm. where Def Jam got a room booked out from 12 to 12. Right. You know, Def Jam, you know, Universal got an artist upstairs. You know, it was times when Akon, I remember when T-Pain wasn't even T-Pain, like the T-Pain mm. that we know. You know, he was just one of Akon artists that would be up in C-Room, one of the mm-hmm. smallest rooms that we had, man, when they'd be up there working, man, in a scope. And con- mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In conflict now, they, you know, they would have different artists they're recording and stuff, man. And um, I learned so, a lot so look, from seeing those kind of experiences. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So look, so look, so look. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna still let you go, but I got a couple of things I want to talk about first. I ain't want to interrupt you as, yeah, you, were, let's talk as you were talking about because nah, let's go with everybody's it, everybody's story is, is super interesting. I love hearing how people got started and what they've been involved in and how they got into into you know into the music industry and kind of where they are today. But I got yeah. some stuff. And I've been writing some stuff down okay. that you've been talking about. Let's talk about it. Okay, so Let's so one of the, okay, so one of the things you mentioned was that you had a ready-made song, right? So you sent stuff over to Chris Webby, you know, and and they picked mm-hmm. some stuff, and it happened to be that one that had your hook on it, and you said it was a ready-made song, right? So kind of talk about that. Yeah. Kind of talk about the difference between ready-made songs, sending over those types of. Uh, work over to artists versus just sending beats over to artists yeah is, is there a difference what a, i mean does well, it matter? a lot of it, it's a it's a big difference man because what people don't realize outside looking in is these artists may have a lot on their plates and so when it's time for them to start making an album right you think about an artist that especially artists that's kind of a little more well established right they may have endorsement deals or movie opportunities and a lot of things that they working on and music honestly what people don't realize is kind of them move to lower on their list and so what happens is when it's time for them to get into the studio and start making another album again that creative flow isn't there like it used to be and so what they're wanting and what they're hoping to have a lot of times is a song that already has a concept it already got a hook may even already have a bridge in place, you know, um, a cadence and the style is already laid out. The storyline is already there that matches up with their lifestyle. And that's what they're looking for, you know. And all they're going to do is add their little verse to it, though, especially if you if it's a rapper. You know, when you're talking about rappers, you know, you hear it all the time with Jay-Z and Lil Wayne and, and a lot of artists now coming out and saying, like, how they don't even write their raps. You know, because the song is already made for them, though. You know, when that beat is right there, already laid out, that hook is already on there, and it's already a ready-made song. 
You know, mm-hmm. all they gotta do is get in there and just rap some old jabber jabber though and make it somewhat <laughs> make sense to right. you. You know, because you're just waiting on the chorus part to come back around anyway. Mm-hmm. You know. You think about a song, you right. know, using Lil Wayne as an example, you look at a, a make it rain, you know. That could have been anybody's song. Mm-hmm. It just so happened that Fed Joe picked it up and look at it, it turned it into a hit song for mm-hmm. Fed Joe. You know, but if he would have sent that to any artist that was out during that time, it would have been a hit because it was already a ready-made song. The beat was a smash. You had a catchy hook on there. Let's go. Send it to whoever you want to send it to. All they got to do is write some raps to it, and they ready to go. That's right. You know, um, and you know, and that's the part of the songwriter in me where I realized that you have to be able to. And that's when you go into that songwriter mode is when you have to be able to create songs for other people, mm. you know, or you have to, like I said, look at your songs and say, hey, yeah, this is my song, but this would be a good Young Jeezy song or a good son. So, you know what I mean? Because right. those people are already in a position that you are not in. Mm-hmm. You know, they have the access and the resources to get that song sent to radio tonight. Right. And you got to try to create a budget and you got to try to find a marketing strategy mm-hmm. and this and that. And you know what I'm saying? It's going to take you two to three years to get that song where they can get it at in a month, you know. And who's to say in that two to three years that that type of song is still going to be relevant, though, when it's relevant right now. That's you right. Know, if you're making songs for right now and it sound like what's on the radio right now, then guess what? By the time you as an independent artist get that song to some type of level of even small success, that style may be over with though. It may. Like we don't you move know, into so we don't some, move into the so next sometime, thing. Already, man. So yeah. sometimes your best bet is saying, hey, I'm making these songs for opportunities. Hmm. You know? Uh, and you know, like I said, man, we can talk more about, you know, some of my film and TV placement opportunities. Like mm-hmm. I said, I got stuff that's on BT's the game. Oxygen Network, I'm on the Bad Girls Club, songs that I've never even put out. I haven't even released those songs as Mm. as records yet, but they fit for what these television shows and music supervisors were looking for, you know, and I've made money off of it, more money than I would have made putting them on a mixtape and giving them away for free on Dead Piff or something, you know what I'm saying? I made more money, you know what I mean? Right. Seriously, man, for real. Brother, you know, because here's why. Because especially I, nowadays. No, no, go ahead. Finish saying what you was going to say. No, I was going to say, especially nowadays with the days of streaming. You oh, know, yeah. like I got paid. Well, yeah, we got paid a $1,500 sync fee. This is just the sync fee. It's not even the back-end PRO money that comes after it airs on television. This was the upfront money that BET sent us just for using the song for 20-some seconds. You know, 28 seconds of my song, and we made $1,500. So you like, you think about, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, you think about how many streams on Apple Music and Tidal and Spotify it's going to, it's going to take you to have to get to make $1,500, man. Yeah. It's going to take you a lot of streams to make that kind of money. When yeah. all they did was gave me that for, to pay 20 seconds of my song. And then I still get you paid. You still get paid. Residual royalty money every right. quarter man every quarter that song right. one of those songs got put on television back in 2015 here it is 2021 i just got paid for it from bmi last quarter 
See? So, see, you know see that's I mean? the thing. Like, it's, it's forever money. It's forever money. So you, you kind of talked about that, right? You kind of talked about how you went to school, which is also a question that I got too, but you kind of went to school, you learned yeah. all about the whole music industry, the business side of it, and then yes, now, now you, you figured out that there's many ways to make money in the music industry. It's not just working. And I yes. think people... Right, look. Look, I think a lot of people get caught up with. Let me just get to. <laughs> let me just get to an artist. Let me just. Let me just get an artist to buy my beat. It's, it's, it's you know, exactly. Let me just sell this thirty dollar beat on you know whatever online platform. Let me. And it's like, yo, you missing out on a lot of money. You missing money. out on a lot real of money. money. Real, real money. Mm-hmm. Like, like I got homies here. Yeah, man. Here in Atlanta, that strictly do TV, and these. Ask me if they got full time jobs. But you, but Man, nobody know who they are. Nobody, nobody's gonna go. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know that dude because he produces. Nah, you don't know him. You may know him or her or whatever just from the body of work they do from a TV perspective. But they're not big name artists. Yeah. I mean, big name producers. Exactly. These dudes, but exactly. these dudes are doing what they love. They making, making a living, life. man. They making, making a it. living off yes. of their music. That's and right. Good man. Exactly. And that's what we all really want at the end of the day. Yeah. You know. Um, and that's the beautiful side of it, man. So, you know, and like you said, it took me going to school and getting educated, though, mm. that those kind of opportunities are out there for even people like myself. Right. You know, because, again, especially in today's climate, right, you have to think about it. The same way the music industry has changed from a record label side, it's mm. changing from a film and television side of it as well. Like a television show that normally would pay a TI or a future $20,000 to use one of their songs. They don't have those type of budgets anymore because nope. even TV is, is being streamed and not really making the kind of money that it used to make. So now those budgets are saying, okay, we don't got 20,000, but we got 2,500. Mm-hmm. And we pay this little independent artist who got a song that sound like TI 2,500. You know what I'm saying? And you, I take them 2500s all day long. All day long. You know what I'm saying? All, look, all day look, long. Look, I'll take it from BET, VH1, OWN. Man, I, come on. That's going to yeah. add up. It's going to add up. And you look up, man. You get you get you 10 of those. Come on, man. You look at you look up and you get you 10 of those in a year. That's 25 grand, man. You already making more than what some people making on on full time jobs, man. Part time, right. part time job for sure. If you making twenty five grand off of a few placements, you know what I'm saying over time. Yep. And like you said, that's not even your back end money yet. No, nope. you know that ain't even your royalties to start coming in, man, from the PRO side. I know. Um, I'm trying to tell so, people, you know, it's just it's just it's it's, it's it's so many ways to make money in this business, man. Outside mm-hmm. of like you said, chasing down a major artist. Or even chasing down radio, you know, you're trying to beg radio mm. stations oh, yeah. to play your music, um, brother. You know, it's like, dude, there's so many other ways you can make money off your music as an independent artist, man. Man, you know what's so, so crazy? Man, that's what I'm about. You know what's so crazy is that you'll have artists out here that want to get into radio, and they got, they're trying to get yeah. these huge budgets, two hundred thousand dollars to play on the radio, and. That is, that's never Ooh. guarantees that you're going to get played on the radio. Like never, I've, heard, never. I've heard, I've heard stories of people spending large amounts of money to get radio play and it did absolutely yeah. nothing for them. And don't, like, yeah. And because the thing is a lot of times those kind of artists, they cut the corners of building mm. their, themselves up, building their <laughs> brand. 
you know, you can spend money all day on putting songs out on the radio, but if nobody even knows who you are to be checking for the song, that's right. What's the that, point? What's the point? You know, what's the point? What's, what's the point? Requesting that song, you know what I'm saying? So like mm-hmm. that money, you know, and same thing with artists that go out and pay for a big name feature. You know, that's one of the biggest mistakes I feel like a lot of independent artists make. Ooh. They go and they think, you know what I'm saying? They think, oh, well, let me go pay future 50000 to get him on one of my songs mm-hmm. or pay such and such 20000 to get him on my song. But then you haven't even put a budget behind the record. Right. You know, because the main, the big artists, they're not going to push the song. No. Nope. It's not just because you got them on the song. It's not going to guarantee that it's going to do anything. You still ain't That's even right. paid promoters or DJs to even work the record in the, in the streets yet or in That's nightclubs right. yet. That's you right. Know? So it's like it's, it's all about it's all about process and the steps. And too many times recording artists on the indie level, man, they're trying to skip the steps. They're trying to skip the steps because because they, they're yeah. looking at, well, I got future on my on my album. So, hey, future's a giant star. So that should do something for me. I don't have to kind of go through those same processes you had to go through back in the day, back in the day. Yeah. Right. Because now technology yeah. has taken over and it kind of makes things, you know, a little easier, a little simpler that, yeah. you know, I got Instagram and Twitter and Snapchat and, you know, exactly. TikTok. Exactly. And so, so I could do that. I don't got to go through all those things. You No, that's, you do. Like, you got to go through all those no, things. Still, exactly. Still. And that, that stuff done handicap these artists, man. Yes. Because the, 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 the scenario I try to get artists to understand is this. It don't cost any money for somebody to follow you. It don't mm-hmm. cost any money for them to t- tap twice on that picture and look it. Now let Instagram start charging them to oh. follow you and oh. see how many followers you get or how many likes you get. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's what's gonna really tell it all. And you know, and at the end of the day, those people are only seeing you in the moment, man. They're not mm-hmm. keeping up with you. They're strolling past a timeline. They might have saw something they liked from you, and they kept it moving, though. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a real connection there. You know, they can't go back to their mm-hmm. room, at, you know what I mean, or go back to their house when they go back out of town and do anything tangible. You know what I mean? They don't have anything right. to connect back to you with, though, you know, by being only connected to you through social media, man. You know, as man. fast as they saw it, as fast as they forget about it. That's right. Look, look. That's why I tell people that 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 tools like Instagram and Twitter, those are just engagement points. You know what I mean? Like they're they're just tools for engagement. They're not supposed to be the end all to to be all. It's not right? the main thing. It's not exactly. the main thing because, as you said, what if they start paying? What if Instagram goes down to them? Mm. I mean, what you gonna do? Like, how are you gonna engage with your fans after that? Do you have mechanisms that you are using beyond? Instagram and Twitter yeah. that, you know, help you to continue to engage with your with your fans or with other artists or producers or other people in the music industry. Now nah, people just rely yes, too I think I think we rely too heavily on Instagram and and all these other social media platforms. I'm telling you, TikTok go down a day, everybody done for. I was, it's <laughs> over with. It's it's, it's over with done. for a lot it's of done. people. It's done. I'm just switching my headphone out real quick. Oh, okay. One quick second, but we here, Bon. Yeah, it's it's man. As soon as that thing go away, it is, it is done. It no, is you're done. Right. You're completely so, right. Yep. 
So, so, so here's the, so, okay. So here's the other thing you talked about since we're talking about technology and stuff like that. So, yes, sir. Right. So, so, so you went to school and you have an understanding of technology, how it works within the music industry and yes, how to utilize it and leverage technology to grow your fan base, to grow yourself as an artist, producer, whatever it is, music creator. So, so let me ask you, so where do you see music or how do you see music impacting? Uh, let me take that back. How do you see technology impacting music in the future? What are some things that you can kind of see where it's going that you're like, hey, y'all better stop paying attention to this? Um, so for one, man, one of the biggest things is artists have to realize um, about being a brand, about being a brand, because with the internet and everything that's going on with it, I feel like people are connecting to, to brands more so like they're buying into the brand so when you have this kind of exposure um of technology the way we have it it's like what else are you bringing to grab people's attention outside of just your music you know you see a lot of times artists are only posting about you know check out my new music check out my new music check out my new video check out my new new video but people on these social media platforms they're looking to be in ways. Um, they're looking to be entertaining in, in, in different ways. And through those multiple ways of being entertained, um, you have to also understand the importance of like data. Mm. So, so hold, it, hold on one second. Your audio kind of went down. Uh oh. I'm not. I'm not sure what happened. Because I, I need people to hear this. <laughs> oh no, I got you. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get it. We're gonna get it all the way right. All right, whatever you just did, it that that uh that that put it back at his at his level. All right, there we go. Yes, sir. So no, what I was saying was about brand connecting, man. You know, about being a brand and just about overall bringing forth more entertainment to people, mm. though. Like people, like I feel like social media has brought forth the entertainment aspect. And artists have to be able to do more than just rap or sing. Mm. You know, like you know, like when you're talking about TikTok, think about it. People are downloading and are engaging on TikTok because of the entertainment that's on there. It's right. not the music that's blowing up. It's the videos that people are making to the music that's blowing the music up. You get what I'm saying? Like people mm-hmm. are creating those dances and different little mimic videos and gimmick, you know, these gimmicky videos and things of that nature. And that's how people are discovering the songs is by right. other people posting videos and that song just so happen to be what they're entertaining people to in the background, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then also, like I was touching on, um, it's the data side of it, though, you know. That's where Facebook and Instagram have became so valuable at, man. It's because of the data that they possess. Data. Um, yeah. And, and and so speaking of that, like one of the things I try to encourage artists to do is to get your own dot com. You know, like that's gonna be the new wave. You know, that's the future. You know, is having your own dot com platform. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. I'm just dropping you know, gems like right there. Yes, sir, man, because yes. too many times, you know, I see it all the time, man. Artists are printing up flyers 
or even on their T-shirts, you know, and mm-hmm. I've been guilty of it myself in the past, but we're only promoting, you know, follow me on Facebook, follow me on Instagram, but you don't own any of that substance that's coming from those platforms, though. So when you're sending all that traffic to your Instagram page, that's cool, but why not be sending them to your own personal.com? And having them sign up for your email um, newsletters and things of that nature. So you can collect on that data. Because the same way Google and all of those platforms fire information and make you could be creating your own list and you could be leveraging that as well. Yes. I, I, I remember speaking of when I was in school, right? And this was back in 2010. So you can only imagine how far data collecting has come along. But when I was in school, I was in an internet for musicians class and the representative for Kanye West came and spoke to our class about him controlling and owning so much data that he had owned. This was like at the time, it was like over 500 and some thousand names and emails and contact that they they were saying that Kanye had possessed at the time. And so you imagine now it's probably, man, ain't no telling 10 times. Right. Um, but you imagine having that much leverage of being able to go into a record deal or going to a clothing deal and saying, hey, I'm not only bringing myself to the table, I got a data list, you know what I'm saying, of over 500,000 email addresses, you know, so let's leverage that into the deal also. Mm. So I'm not just, you know what I'm saying? Right. I'm not just bringing my 10,000 Facebook followers to the table or my 20,000 Instagram followers to the table. I'm bringing this whole data list of, like I said, half a million email addresses and phone numbers that I got to that I collected over the time. That's you right. Know, so pay me for that. You know, you can leverage that and sell it off to other companies, you know, or you can leverage it, like I said, and utilize your own products and services mm-hmm. though. Because right. now you got a direct contact to X amount of people that yes. anytime you drop a project, anytime you put out a product, you can send it directly to them and you don't have to worry about an Amazon or none of that man. kind of stuff, man. And it's direct to consumer Gems. and it's straight from your website. You know what I'm saying? And that's all you. Gems, you brother, know, all day. Like serious, seriously, man. Like this is what it's really about. And that's the future of where it's all headed, man. That's where it's all going, man. That's why, you yes. know, these phones, man, it's so addictive yes. to people. You know, like now even mm-hmm. more so, you know, you know, email addresses. But now if you can get phone numbers from people, oh my goodness, man. You are definitely on to something. Brother. You know, I just had a conversation. This is crazy that we're saying this because so I was just talking to a client the other day and we were talking about time and how, mm-hmm. you know, time is one of the only things that's non-refundable, you know, that's like right. you can't get your time back. You know, there's no coupons, no kind of discounts on time ever in life. You know what I'm saying? Time is just one of those things, though. And so he was like, you know, what's more valuable than time and more valuable than even, you know, diamonds. And I was like, I couldn't really think of what he could have been thinking about. And he said, data. And I'm like, uh, duh. You know what I mean? But like, you know, we don't think of it like that, man. But it is, though. Next to your time being valuable and next to, you know, natural resources like gold and diamonds, data is the new version of all of that. Data. You know, that's that's the new money, man. 
That's the new yeah, money. The new money. Look, you know. look, look. When I was working at uh, when I was working at Verizon, the thing that, and it was kind of like the big thing that was happening at Verizon, was uh, this thing called big data, right? And mm-hmm. I mean, it, and, and right, and it was it was something that people have really haven't heard of. Uh, Verizon was kind of leading the charge with big data and looking nice. at big data to determine, you know, their demographics, determine, uh, you know, who they were really targeting as far as location, uh, age, uh, you know, all yeah. these different things, all these different things. Um, who was watching what? How were they watching it? How are they consuming, uh, you exactly. know, all of these different types of, of media? And they would start targeting. Targeting yes. those people with Verizon, exactly. with Verizon exactly. ads, you know, mm-hmm. drawing people into, you know, obtain their cell phone service. And so I happened to be on the business side. And so I saw all of how they were using the big data and how they were using this information to target different clientele, not even just clientele, you know, from regular consumers, but companies, other businesses, you know what I'm saying? other, other businesses. businesses and Man. how they were targeting yes. other businesses because Verizon, yes. we sold services to national and major accounts, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you think about the Fortune 100 companies, we were selling information to the Fortune 100 companies around exactly. big data. Like, exactly. and this is for everybody, this is for everybody who watching, like, why do you think when you go on search on Google, for whatever you search on Google, all of a sudden you see it on Instagram. It pop up on that phone, pop right up on it, man. Like, like where like, does that come from? Hey, how did they know I was looking up? Looking like, how did they know up? I was looking how at that? Know? Like, wait a minute, hey, I need Trust to stop looking me, at certain they, stuff. They're like, no, man, like, but, <laughs> no, but I guess how true, they, though. but that's how they know is, is because they're using right. it. Okay, this person is searching for this. So let's kind of target and show them things that are relevant to what they're searching for yes. on other platforms exactly. that they've been using. Ladies and gentlemen, exactly. that, if you can figure that's out real. how to use that data, yeah, you are in a position that's going to take you yeah. to a completely different level. But, but mugs, here's here's the thing though. Yeah, they don't want to do it. They don't want to do it. They don't, man. They, they don't. don't. Do it. They don't. They don't want to. Do, oh my man. gosh. They I don't want to do it. Even simple, even simple stuff, man. That I know artists don't really utilize the way they do music. Man. And then you take that, and then you know you take those kind of analytics, and then you say, okay, man. Even though I live in Nashville, and I wouldn't have thought, but hey, apparently from my analytics, I need to be doing some trips to Nebraska because I got a lot of stuff going on up through there. We going on? Hey, we going on tour to Nebraska? You know what I'm saying? I ain't got as much going right here in my hometown as I thought I did, but in some other areas, man, look at my numbers though. You know, I actually got a real fan base and people listening and checking for my music in that area. Maybe I need to shoot there one weekend, go to one of their clubs or something, and hang out a little bit and see what's going on then. Yeah, you know, I was talking to, how, um, no, no, go ahead. I'll let you finish. No, nah, I was just going to say, and that's how artists, you know, that's how you build that small tribe. Yes. Man, and be able to build and fan, you know what I mean? And be able to build on it. And that's how you create yourself an actual fan base. You that's know? right. And, be, and going back to the part that, um, the guy that came that was there from Kanye West, he had said something that stuck with me. He said, even though, you know, Kanye West is who he is or whatnot, but he left us with some tools. He said, all you need is your your core thousand fans. Mm-hmm. And you can make a living in your off music thousand. industry for your rest of your life. All you need is that core thousand, man. You know, because you drop one album, if you drop an album and you sell it to those thousand people at ten dollars a pop, fifteen dollars a pop, that's fifteen thousand dollars right there. Off yeah. just them thousand people. You print up a t shirt, 
you sell in their t-shirts for 20 bucks yes. a pop, and you sell it to that thousand people that's twenty thousand dollars right there you know that's what i'm right. saying so it's like right. you don't need but so many people you know a lot of times again with skipping the steps and jumping the price speeding up the process like we think we have to have a million followers a million right. fans already man but it don't really take that much man you gotta no, start small and you just keep building on it well you know numbers give a, a certain perception yeah you know, if i got a, if i got a million fans and people think i'm popping but what's your conversion rate and that's what, you know I was what i'm saying say, like though yeah it, it can be a gift and a curse at the yes. same time because you know you look at those again look at your followers but then look at your engagement though you got twenty thousand followers but every time you do a post you got 10 likes 10 likes something ain't right yeah some, some, some something really up. ain't right you know what i'm saying that's something right adding up, you know because all of those likes aren't really followers and all those followers aren't really fans fans and so oh, people man. have to understand the difference between that you see what i'm saying me and my business partner lee we talk about that all the time man. it's the difference between followers and fans and it's the difference between supporters and fans mm. see a lot of people have mm. what they call supporters they're not really fans right see, supporters is going buy your shirt because they're your homeboy you know they're gonna buy it because they you know they they feel mm -hmm. like they gotta buy it you know what i'm saying they're gonna listen to your songs because they feel like they gotta listen to your songs right. you know, that's your cousins and them your day one homeboys people like that them is your supporters man that's different mm. from having actual fans you know because people that are fans don't even know you personally you know they looking and checking for whenever you ready to drop something new Whatever right. product or merchandise you're putting out, they ready to go and buy it. You know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. so, because I tell artists all the time, you as an independent artist, if you really had fans, I could put you on a flyer to a club saying you performing live. I don't have to let nobody in free. I shouldn't have to do no kind of drink specials, because, no none of right. that. And you alone on that flyer should be able to bring out X amount of people. If you can't do that, guess what? You don't have fans. Regardless you of how many supporters. Regardless of how many followers supporters. you got. That's right. Yeah. You got supporters. That's right. You may have your five your five homeboys is gonna come with you because they're gonna go wherever you go. That's you right. You know what I'm saying? But that's not fans though, man. So it's a big difference. You know, and again with followers, man, people have a million followers. You know, and that's where that perception comes in when we're talking about the two hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollar budgets for radio and all of that. It's like, okay, man, I got a hundred thousand followers, man. I'm ready. You know, I got, a, you know, what I mean, I'm popping out here. But then when you drop your project, you don't even get a thousand streams. Right. So what are those hundred thousand followers that you posting it on Instagram all day long? I know they somebody should be seeing it, but it's Ladies not transparent, gentlemen. man. You know what I'm saying? The followers ain't transparent. To, like you said though man you know you just got to be able to see the turnaround in it though and that's mm -hmm. what people have to understand it's like those numbers can be deceptive too you know even to yourself very you know even to yourself deceptive even to yourself man so don't get so caught up in the likes and the followers and, and be more so caught up in the real deal engagement that you can account right. for though that's right ladies and gentlemen ladies and gentlemen those are just <laughs> gems <laughs> Jewels, uh, gems, dropping, yes, yes. So, so I want to talk about for you specifically where people can learn these okay. gems and and yeah. these jewels that you've been dropping. So, talk about your music industry crash. Uh, what is it? What is it called? Music yeah. industry crash course. 
Yes, sir, man. The mic, man. The MICC. Um, I cranked it up as a test run thing, man, back in like 2015 when I was down there living in Atlanta. Um, and what I wanted to do, because I knew everybody didn't have that patience or even the financial resources to go to college to learn the music business the way I was able to learn it and even experience it through my internship and my journey and time living down there in Atlanta. Uh, so what I created was the music industry crash course. And what I wanted to do with my crash course was give out some of those basic yet vital pieces and steps of the music business side of it that artists always neglect to follow through on, you know, because I'm an artist at heart. And so I advocate for the artists. Um, I always felt like the artists put in all of the work majority of the time and the artist is like the foundation and the backbone to the record label. Yet the artist is the last and the least to be paid from their own talent. And a lot That's of times true. that comes yeah, and a lot of times that comes from their lack of knowledge of how the music business works though. You know, you look at movies like the James Brown movie, the Ray Charles mm -hmm. movie, like they start getting hip to the business. You know, and they wanted to, you know, they you know, we getting a bigger percentage. You know, I'm I'm recording mm -hmm. my own songs. I love that James Brown movie though. Yeah, James Brown especially, man. You know, why why can't I be a part of the business? Why I gotta yeah. just be the show? Right. You know, why you want me just to be the show? No. I'm putting my own money up. I got my own vision for what I'm trying to do. You know, I want to be in on the business too. And so a lot of artists, you know, re neglect to want to be a part of that business side of the industry. You know, mm -hmm. and I know it can be overwhelming. And again, that's why I created a music industry crash course. You know, that's also why I followed that up with my book, Indie Music Major Business, A Guide to Your First Royalty Check. And because what I wanted to do also in those platforms was show artists that you don't have to be a major artist to get major money and major opportunities with your music, though. You know, it's simple mm -hmm. stuff like the PRO, you know, registering your songs and signing up with a BMI or ASCAP, you know, establishing a publishing company. These right. are things that as a recording artist, we don't really know how valuable and important they are to our career until it's too late. You know, mm -hmm. you put out songs and videos on YouTube. You got songs all on Spotify and this and that. And you look up and you wonder why you haven't seen a check from any of it, though. You know, and it's simple stuff like signing up with BMI, signing up with ASCAP, you know, creating yourself a sound exchange account, you know, getting mm -hmm. signed up with sound exchange. These simple things that are simple, but for some people are not simple just because they don't know how simple they really are. You That's know, right. nobody's guiding them and coaching them through these kind of things, man. And so, again, me being an actual artist, I wanted them to see also it, hear it and see it coming from somebody like them. Hmm. You know, a lot of times, you know, I've, I've been to several music conferences and panels. You know, I've even hosted and held my own mm -hmm. panels um, during A3C. Um, but, you know, when you go to A3C, you go to South by Southwest, you go to Music Biz Association panels and stuff like that. When you go to these places, majority of the time, the people that are speaking on these panels are, are some kind of executive or an entertainment attorney or, you know, one of these kind of people here is never you're never hearing it from the artist about how the business side of it works or the things that they had to do to make sure that they could secure their money. You know, whenever you hear an artist speak on panels, it's always about 
how they didn't take care of their business and how the industry got over on them. But it's a lot of artists out there that are winning right. and that are making money because they understand how the business side of it works. Mm. And that's what I want to do with the music industry crash course. Um, like I said, man, I got topics in there. I cover split sheets. You know, I cover copyright mm -hmm. forms, the PA form and the um, SR form. And I break those down to people. We talk about, again, setting up yourself a publishing company, um, getting established with your PR role. Um, I talk about sign exchange. I go over the ISRC codes and the importance of having their own ISRCs and mm -hmm. things of that nature. Um, I talk about music licensing and how I got my placements on film and television and how, you know, those platforms right there, again, we were talking about earlier in the interview, how you can get involved in those kind of situations as an independent artist and really make some money, man, in your career. And, you know, it's just about taking care of your business, though, understanding how music publishing works, understanding how mm -hmm. songwriting works, you know. And so that's the thing that I kind of covered in, in, in the music industry crash course. Um, I offer it, you know, as a one-on-one. -on -one. You can sign up via my website at moneyunitedwithgame.com. I do one-on-ones. Um, we can do it via Zoom if you're out of town. Um, we could do it face-to-face. -face. If you're ever in the Nashville area, we have an office, um, mm. classroom, so we can do a classroom oh, settings, so. you know what I'm saying, do it in a group settings and stuff like that. Um, I've had people book me in Florida, you know, had me come up to Detroit, I've been to Alabama and, you know, Memphis area doing it, down in Atlanta doing it. You know, so I come to come to people. If you got a group of people that want to book something like the Music Industry Crash Course, or if you want to, again, like I said, set up a one-on-one, uh, we can do it that way as well, man. So, yeah. That's dope. I, you know, I'm, I'm uh, excess, look, you know. Look, I'm, I'm sitting here going, I got, I'm like, wait a minute. I got a whole bunch of ideas running through my <laughs> In my head. Yes, sir. Like, well, like we may have to talk about that a little bit later. Like, yeah, man. Let's hook it up. We had to figure how to. Yeah, man. We had to figure how to yeah, host one can, on, man. host one on we create music go, TV. Man. You know what I'm saying? Like, music, yeah, like, man. Let's do yes, it. I like let's it. Do it. Yeah, that might be that might be a good little hey. something we're gonna have to do. Hey, man. I'm with that. Let's talk hey. about that for but, sure. You know what I'm saying? Because we did two, we did two panels already, and I'm get, get ready to start do a couple more panels. Okay. Uh, we did we did one on um, the conversation. I call them the conversation, right? So the conversation on music production, and I had nice. uh, I had Focus Three Dots on there. Ooh, nice, had, uh, nice, right? Yes, Legend, I was like, yo, man. Focus. And, you know, I've, known, I've known Focus for I've known Focus for a minute, uh, okay. even to the point where we were trying to figure out if we were we were related. You know, what I'm saying wow. you know his dad, you know his dad Bernard Edwards, and um, you know I have a cousin. I don't know how far the, down the line we are cousins, but uh, named Dennis yeah. Edwards. Ah. So we were trying to figure out. Stop like, putting the two and two like, together. Yeah, like, huh? like well, were your yes, dad sir. and Dennis Edwards kind of really related? That, hey. They really were. Then that's kind of mean, like, we're really related in some way. We kind of can folk, man. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but, I, but I, had, I had Focus on there. I had Willpower. And I had uh, my homie from uh, California, Lionel Cohen, who most people probably wouldn't know, but Lionel is an example of one of those people who uh, kind of fit the mode of what we're talking about. This guy has released over, oh my gosh, I can't even name how many albums he's released over his career. A uh, hundred, probably? I don't know. Lionel has released wow. so many albums, bro. Like, oh my gosh. Nice. this. And I, and I tell people, this, so so man, I, you know, I, could, I could go on about stuff, but... I did this um, networking in the music industry series. It's up now okay. on our YouTube channel. People can go check it out. Nice. 
But okay. in that in that uh, series, I talk about you never know who you're going to meet. All you have to do is start the conversation. And I yeah. tell this I tell this story where I was standing in line to go see Timbaland speak. Right, mm. Timbaland never showed up, but he's but he joined via like Zoom, kind of like this, right? Yeah. And I was standing behind this guy named Lionel, and I stroke stroke up a conversation <laughs> with Lionel, and I was like, Hey, you know, my name is you know at the at the time my name was Strick Nine. And I was like, hey, my name, yeah. my name is Trick and I, you know, kind of, what do you do? He's like, my name is Lionel. You know, he's like, I do TV and film and I do music. Oh, okay, cool. Now, I went back nice. and found out who this guy was. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, are you kidding me? Wow. Like, Lionel, to me, he is the epitome of what people should be trying to do because this guy does TV. He does film. Yeah. He does music. He, I mean, I mean, I'm, I mean, of course, music for TV and film, but he does music. He d- works with major yeah. artists. Oh, my gosh. Like. But you won't nice. know who he is just going, oh, yeah, I know that guy because exactly. he's not super, he's not man, like famous hey, like that. But man, yo, he, they know anyway, me at the bank. Huh? <laughs> but they know him at the bank. But anyway, my whole point yes, was that sir. I'm looking to do more to more uh, panels. So we did one on, yeah, called The Conversation yeah. on Music Production. And we did one gotcha. called The Conversation on Sync Licensing, where we really dug deep into wow. sync licensing and what does it take and how do you look at, uh, you know, some of these requests that are coming in and. Oh yeah, we broke yeah. it. Oh yeah, the guys that I had broke it down. Nice. But we're going to have to oh, visit. Yeah. yeah, brother. I'm, yeah, I'm looking we're at going, doing we're some more of them soon. I'm with it. Yeah, yes. let's do it. Yes, let's do it, man. man. I like that though. Man, I want to keep going because uh-huh. there's a lot of other questions that I <laughs> that I got. Oh yeah, no man, man. I, I could I could do this all night. Oh, gosh, you. we're gonna have to we're gonna have to come back and do a part, ladies and gentlemen. We have to yeah, come we back might and do have to do a part two because there's some other stuff that I want to ask Mugs that oh my goodness, but. But make sure you check out his his music industry crash course. Like, yeah, music you know what I'm saying? Crash like, course and the book. Like I said, I got the book, right. Indie Music, Major Business, A Guide to Your First Royalty Check. Um, I got some real jewels in there, man. I got real life royalty statements in there. Mm. Uh, I got sample split sheets in there. Just kind of really, you know, I just really just put it out there, man. I just wanted people to really see, you know, how music is you know, really making people money in different ways, man. Mm-hmm. And I want independent artists, the reason I named it Indie Music Major Business, because I want independent artists to understand that the music business side of it is the same for it, whether you're major or whether you're independent. That's right. You know, the business is the business. So don't feel like you can't, you know, make money off of live shows the same way Jay-Z and them can make money off live shows. Like, you may That's not right. get paid the money that they get paid, but you can do those same things, man. Uh, and, and that's when you know, speaking of, like, that's one of the main things I kind of advocate for in my music industry crash course. And I speak about it in my book as well is the performance royalties, man. Mm. Performance royalties for me is like the most slept on royalty for independent artists. Because you can get paid back in royalty money for shows that you're performing these open mics and stuff at in these nightclubs, man. You know, you can be getting paid, and then you down there, like, hey, man, you know, like, I know, it's an open mic showcase Everywhere. twice a night, twice a <laughs> night, man, in any part of town. You know yep. what I mean? And so you imagine if you go on a nice little run performing at all of those open mics, and you're calculating and you're actually registering those live performances with your BMI, your ASCAP account. That's money, man. That's but they don't money. know that. They, they don't know that. Away and they don't even account for man because you waiting on the money that a promoter gonna pay you one day and you start making ten twenty thousand dollars a night for a show. Well, that's, you got a long way before that become reality. 
That's right. Let's just be honest. But you could be making an extra couple hundred dollars or so, or even a thousand dollars every quarter, man. If you was calculating, you know, what I mean, registering those live performances that you're doing, you know, um, on a regular basis, man. So it's money that's being laid, you know, left on the table, man. Mm -hmm. A lot of independent artists not realizing um, that they could be making, you know, a lot. Um, and that's what we're here to do is just try to educate and elevate, open the eyes to to this money that's out there for them to make, man. That's right. Like I said, man. I try to use myself as an example because yeah. I'm not a major artist. You know, I don't have a major record deal. You know, never had a major record deal. Don't have a major budget or a promotion mm -hmm. campaign or anything behind me. Yet again, I'm getting paid for songs I got on TV. I got a number one billboard and I'm still getting paid for that song as well. You know, and I'm still in position now, creating songs and putting songs out there, just in, getting in position for TV placements and, and placement opportunities with other artists and stuff, man. I still write and pitch songs to other major artists. You know, the game has became a lot more politicish, so it's not as easy mm -hmm. to get a song in the door with these majors anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but again, that's why you have to just be creative. You have to continue to find different ways to to make your music make money for you that's you right know, utilize the spotify i mean um the TikToks and some of these platforms man you may have to find yourself creating a song just for TikTok. you know it's not even a song that you're going to be putting out there to go on the radio or that you're mm -hmm. going to be performing live but you're creating a song that can be used for a TikTok dance and then that song can blow up on that one platform and start generating you some money, man. Oh, man. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, for real. Man, man. gems. Hey, like, nah, like I kid talk, you, man. I kid you not. Um, there's a producer that lives down here uh, okay. named Kato. Kato yeah, on the track. I know Kato. Yeah, Kato. Yeah. Yeah, Kato classes and stuff now. Oh, yeah, yeah. So when I first met Kato, Kato was nowhere near the, the followers that he has now, yeah. like nowhere near. And this dude blew up and, oh my gosh, he just, he just yeah. took it to a different level. But kind of what you just said, Kato created a song recently and I don't really, I don't remember the name of the song, but uh -huh. it is it is so catchy that you get, it's you got people now who are doing challenges to his See? song. Exactly. You, you got, you got, you got Jeezy's wife. Um, what's her name? Jenny May? Gina May, Gina oh yeah, May. she's yeah, doing. Yeah. They're they're all doing See? these challenges to Look his that, song, man. to wow. his song. That's big. Wow, it's, that's big. It's blowing. It's blowing up all over. But that's what it takes. It yeah. takes people doing things like that to exactly. driving recognition and engagement and attention to yeah. what they're doing. Oh my gosh! Exactly. And because, like you said earlier, man, when we're talking about the future of technology and where it's going, and again. That's where it's at. Like Facebook has a deal now where they're monetizing even live shows. You know, since COVID and stuff hit with the pandemic, you know, now they're monetizing live performances happening on Facebook. Yeah. You know, so like utilize this oh stuff. Though, if you're I wish I was an artist. artist I wish I was an artist. You know, that's what you feel me. I'm like, dude, I do. better be glad I ain't. I wish I was. You better be glad artist. I'm not an artist, bro. You know like, what I'm saying? Because you could be setting up shot right in your living room. Performing for that following that we were Thank talking you. about on a weekly basis, nightly basis, and you begin paid for that, man. You begin paid for that. Well, you stand yes. around waiting in on your the living club room. To, you oh stand around waiting on the club promoter to call you, though. I hope you gonna book you for a show or something. <laughs> I'm um, like, all right, bet. Be, I'm gonna do a show in my living room, me and my piano. On, 
Man, and right we finna here. do it right now. I got the camera. Followers, a thousand That's followers right. to tune in, man. And I, hey, and guess what? We're we gonna, we gonna stream it on Restream. It's gonna go out to YouTube, Facebook, on, man. you know, Twitch. Exactly. And you're gonna Twitch. be able to monetize oh all of that. Yeah, Twitch is killing, man. My guy did. I was talking about earlier, DJ Dave, man. He's killing it right now. On oh, Twitch, bro. Man. He's doing. He's getting booked to do birthday parties, virtual birthday parties, all kind of. Stuff out here, man. Let me tell you. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this, man. Like I said, I can keep going. We know I want to. Yeah, I know, right? Want to keep? I, I want to keep you for a long time. We gonna come back and do another one. We got to. Yeah, we look, got to. Look, we got to do it. Look. So, so, um, <laughs> so on Twitch, I am a. Uh, I don't know what they call them on Twitch. Followers, subscribers, but yeah, I was I was yeah. subscribed to Ill Minds, uh, Twitch. Right? You know, he goes mm. on. He goes on Twitch every day for like eight hours a day. And just stream, wow. making music, dropping gems, giving advice, you know, talking about yeah. the industry, you know, coaching and consulting upcoming artists and producers, right? So he does all this on his Twitch channel. Yeah. His Twitch channel used to be live and public, right? Mm. And so then I, I haven't been on Twitch in a minute. I went back to Twitch and it was like, hey, do you want to resubscribe to Ill Minds Twitch? And I was like, I never un unsubscribed from it. What happened? Yeah. And, it's, yeah. and it says you can now resubscribe. At these tier levels, ooh, pay the man, four, pay uh, the man, four ninety nine, twelve ninety nine, twenty four ninety nine a month, Come a month, on. yeah, right, yeah. You can go back and you can guess how many guess how many followers Ilman got on. You know what? Mm. On Twitch, bruh. What is? Let's just even say. Let's even say he has twenty five thousand, which he doesn't. You know, look. You know what? I I got it right here. Cause I I want to know. Man, I want to know. Business, that's, that's big business, man. That's big business, man. Big business, man. Look, if I can spell, if I can spell right, bro, this guy has a gazillion followers on. And you Twitch. I'm, I'm telling you, bro, this you is. Imagine if they just okay. So so here we go. Four dollars, man. So here, so here we go. We got he got thirty four thousand followers on on Twitch, right? So you take those thirty four thousand. I don't do math in the head, so I don't, I don't care. I, know, I got you. To, uh, you know, let's say let's say they do it even at, oh my gosh, even at ten ten thousand that ten thousand ten dollars a month. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Even, at, even if it's even at his minimum of the four dollars, his minimum five dollars. Right. If, if, if all of those thirty four thousand people, man, subscribing, man, that's one hundred and fifty k a month. A month. Easy money, man. <laughs> a month. And I want to know if he really pulling that in. I want to know if he really. Oh, right. Man. If he's really pulling $150,000 right a month in. Man, and you know you what? Got me, you got me you know thinking what? hard on this. <laughs> you know what? I don't doubt if he is. I mean, you think about Ilmine. You think about Ilmine. He made Jake. It's my favorite song. I talk about every interview. J. Cole, J. Cole, love yours. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like. And he's produced for Jay Z, Beyonce, he, man, Kanye. I mean, doable. he's produced for. It's, it's doable. doable. I know man. people, brother. I know people on YouTube today, and I ain't at that level yet. But if I ever get there, I'm gonna do it. That oh, yeah. have communities on YouTube where they charge a membership for yeah. private for it? private information, Access private consultation, to stuff. right man. on their YouTube that nobody else can yeah. get except for like gold, silver members. That makes and sense, depending man. on what level you at. And you that's pay the, that much. Hey, oh, 
bro. Like, that's the new level. When like, we, we better get hip. That's where technology going, man. And my wife is on me all the time about it, you know. Me too, look, just, me too. I just got to find the space and the time to really just lock in on doing it. Because yep. it, it's out there, man. You know, it's out I mean, there. You think about it. 5,000, you think about 10,000 people a month, or even 1,000. Let's go back to that 1,000 that we was talking that's about. That's right. You look at that thousand oh, people bro. a month subscribe to your channel for ten dollars a month, man. That's ten grand every month. Every month. Ten grand every month, man. Like every month. And that's, and that's doable on the worldwide net, man. A thousand people ain't nothing on the internet. But you internet. best. But you best. But you best bring value. You better be and dropping that, and, stuff. But that's the thing. Yes. You have to bring some real value and That's some right. real entertainment to them. You know, even right. as an educator, you know, I had to find myself, you know, you had to find ways to be creative with educating and motivating mm -hmm. people though. You know, you can't just throw the book at them and that's it. You know, That's you right. got to find ways to really connect with people and, you know, because everybody's going through different things. Everybody's on different levels, you mm -hmm. know, uh, but we in the age of people wanting to be educated and people wanting to be motivated, man. And, you know, in the Internet, right here on that phone, man, they got so much easy access to it. I know. And then know. who's looking at five, ten dollars a month is money these days. Like you don't even miss it. You don't miss so, it. Hey, oh, so I don't mind giving you three dollars a subscribed. month. I'm subscribed over here, subscribed over there, subscribe. You know, and you know, we say it's three dollars here, five dollars there. Trust who's me. Even, look, who's even missing it, man? Who's even missing look, it? Look, 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 look. I'll say this, and we'll start to wrap it up. But look, yeah. How many? How many of y'all subscribe to Netflix? Come on now. Oh, or Hulu, or Amazon yeah. Prime, and they, or, and Disney, they $30 or Disney Plus. Right, I'm and like thirty. They hitting you for thirty. That's you know right. what I'm saying? They and you me. might still have to pay for a movie when it's certain ones pop <laughs> oh my gosh, up on I hate that. You know right. what I'm saying? Right, you I hate that. You still might have to pay three, five dollars, man, for another one to pop up on there, man. It's right. You better so, start you know, subscribing to things that are meaningful, exactly, things that push your career man. forward. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, so, you know. God. Yes, sir, man. This was right. great right here, man. This is great, man. This is great. great, man. Nah, we, we great. Got, like you said, we got to run it back. We got to do a number two. Because, we got to do a number yeah, two because we, ain't even we got, got some more stuff. I ain't even got nowhere near deep into the story yet. You know, none of that, man. But this I know. was great, man. I, That's I what's up, man. It, man. I enjoyed it. I want to shout out my guy, Ever J Music, man, too. Hey. He, um, yeah, he was on here, and that's kind of how I came across your brand. And your Ever platform, J. man. Yeah, that's my dude, man. Like, we got a project um, I did called Kid Problems, and he produced some of the records on there with me, man. Oh, okay. A couple of big records we did together back in the day, uh, back when I put that project out, man. But, yeah, we met in Atlanta when I was living in Atlanta, and I was hosting oh, okay. one of my panels at A3C. He was attending one of those panels, man, and that's how we connected. And we just grew and blew up ever since, man. We're still mm. rocking together, man. I call him yeah, my, 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 my music brother, man. We got the same last name. You know, we kind of ah, like yeah, yeah. talked about earlier, man. We trying to still find out how we may be. How you may be related. <laughs> yes, sir. That's right. Um, but yeah, man, but man, we got a course. We got a course on Udemy, actually, about music licensing, too. Dope. So anybody looking to get information on music licensing and some of those beginning steps, man, because we both been blessed with TV and film placement opportunities. And um, yeah, man, so we got a music licensing course on Udemy that people can go check out as well, man. I mean, y'all better, go, top better go take that. Yeah, it's one of the top ranked courses on there. If you go on there and you just put in music licensing uh, for one of the subjects that you're looking to be in, um, educated on, man, ours will pop right up. Man, y'all better go take that today. Yeah. 
Yes, it's on my yes. website too, man. Moneyunitedwithgame.com. Um, I see y'all got the Instagram right there. So if you go to my right. IG, follow me on Instagram, click the link in the bio. That's going to take you to the website and you'll see all the further of um, services and, and things that we offer, man. We do websites, logo design. Um, I got my book on there. You can buy the book. You can go check out my album, man. I did recently drop an album. Um, hey. Soundtrack to the book, One of a Million. Check that out. Yep, the EP is out there, man. One of a Million. Y'all go stream that. Um, I got videos up on YouTube, man. They go along with some of the songs that I put out on the project. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, um, Money United with Game TV. Again, all of that is on the link in the bio. Or go to that Instagram page. Follow me on IG. Um, and yeah, man, look forward to connecting with y'all, man. Subscribe yeah, to the sure. channel right here too, man. We create yes. TV. Let's get make let's sure get them subscribers up. Yeah, make sure y'all subscribe <laughs> because hey, we trying to get monetized around here. Hey, you know, you got look, you got that right. Monetized. You got that right. We create music TV, man. If you're looking at this right now, hit that like on here, hit that subscribe on here, and stay tuned, man, for the next one. That's right, yes, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate that. Hey, I want to give a shout out to two of the homies, Lurick O'Shea. Ah, that's my guy, too. That's man. my guy. You See, that's O'Shea. my dude. Yeah, man, of course. Look, man, I've known O'Shea for. Talking about me and <laughs> stuff and going and speaking at his school, at his classes and stuff, man. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Intro work yeah, with I know his Rick. high school students and stuff, man. So, yeah, that's my guy, O'Shea. Man. That's my guy. Yeah, me, man, I, me, I think I met Rick back in 2014 or something like that. Uh, mm. me and my homie uh, Nab uh, when I was in St. Louis we went out to uh, man we could talk about this after though but <laughs> I, I know but yeah no I was going to say shout out to then, you know because those, those are other people that we know that we connected by Lubrick yeah, O'Shea exactly. and then Greg, and then Greg yeah. Smith yeah, oh man, G Smith, that's my yeah, dude. See, G dude. Smith, yeah, G Smith, my man. dude. Hey, I'm in my guy. man, because of that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, see, I'm trying yeah, to still get. I need to hit. I need to hit up. I, know, right? I need to hit up G gotta Smith like plug, soon. Guy. Yeah, I gotta. Get I do gotta get that plug because it's invite only. Yeah, invite only. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Only. Um, and then I think too, Father Time, man, my guy R. Barron, man. I think I seen him yeah, shot yeah, to yeah. that too, though. Yeah, yeah, man, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, man. So yeah, that's what's up, man. People's man, it's small world, but small, we big in it, man. Small we world, but we big in it. Yep. Yes, man. Sir, man. So any I last words you want to the s- A and connecting with you personally yes. too, bro? So when oh yeah, I'm, come when on down. Way, like you said, we'll connect the numbers and stuff offline, man, and make sure we connect. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yes, sir. For sure. Any last things? Any last piece of advice, wisdom that you want to give to those who will be watching now and also in the future? Yeah. Uh, man, look, just keep believing in yourself. Believe in yourself. Uh, believe in the God-given talents and gifts that he put in you. Uh, your gift will make room for you. Uh, just continue to strive, man, and push through the struggle. You know, it's going to have hard times. But you're going to have to overcome. But just keep believing in you. And just know that it's a journey and it's a process, man. Um, I always like to use the analogy of building. When you think about building a house, it's always a process to it, man. So sometimes we ready to just throw the house up and not realizing that when you pull that foundation, you got to sit back and wait sometime for that concrete to dry all the way up before you can start throwing the rest of it up on top of it. So, you know, just be, be patient and with the process, man, and just keep believing in yourself and just don't quit. You know what I'm saying? There's no time limit on success, no time limit on, on prosperity, man. You know, just keep pushing, keep believing and just don't quit. For sure. Man, mugs. Thank you very much, man, for the for nah, those gems. Man. 
once again. So yes, if you wouldn't mind just sticking around for just one moment, let me close this gotcha. out. Yes, I sir. bet. Ladies and gentlemen, man, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I told you, I told you. We bring guests on that have, um, you already know, quality that's gonna give you exactly what you need to grow within this music industry, to give you the tools and, and you know, to fill that tool belt, that toolkit with what you need to succeed. But thank you very much for tuning in to another interview episode here at We Create Music TV. Once again, you can catch us every Monday night and every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Uh, for our interview series. And we're always dropping content content throughout the week. And go back and check out some of the past things that we've done as well. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to the channel. Make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you hit the bell notification so that you can be noti notified of when we drop new content. And be on the lookout for more. We Content heavy for the rest of the year. We dropping all types of stuff. Panels, content, you, you watch. It's all coming for all of y'all. But once again, thank you very much for tuning in. You know how I feel about y'all. You know what I'm saying? I love every, everybody that, that watches, everybody that supports, everybody that participates. I appreciate every last one of you. But thanks very much for tuning in. We are out. Peace.